So as I mentioned earlier, today is the two-for-one special, Thanksgiving and Stewardship Sunday. Uh, Stewardship Sunday, I, I, you know, sometimes it's hard for pastors to preach on Stewardship Sunday because we don't like talking about money or anything, but I like it because then I can do my Jimmy Stewart impression. Yeah. <laughs> a boy, Clarence. a boy. Now, if you're under 40, you have no idea who Jimmy Stewart is, <laughs> but look him up. But Thanksgiving Sunday, okay? Stewardship Sunday, Thanksgiving Sunday. Thanksgiving Sunday, we pause and we give thanks for all that God has provided for us throughout the year. And one of the things we did this year was the, the art collaboration. So if you're in person, you can see the, the different um, art projects that people put up to sort of remind us all you know, why we're thankful, what to be thankful for. See, you know, someone's thankful that God is the great comforter. God is my anchor. He is my light. God's provision. Thankful for my family. All of these things. Thankful for the word of God. Thanksgiving is the time where we, we pause and we remember what all the things that God has given us and why to give thanks. Now, Stewardship Sunday is the Sunday where we kind of step back and intentionally plan on, on how we can be good stewards of all that God has blessed us with, right? So God has blessed us and given us much to be thankful for, and now we step back and think, okay, how can I take what he's given me and be a good steward of that? Again, he's entrusted me with stuff, okay, both financial and talents and time, and now how can I plan to uh, give some of that to him in an expression of my thanks? And Many times on Stewardship Sunday, uh, at least here at Second Baptist, we, we do fill out our pledge cards. Okay, that's a way that we can say, all right, as I prayed about it and thinking about it, this is how much I, I plan on devoting financially to the Lord for 2021. Uh, again, I filled one out. Again, I don't ever ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do. And again, that helps us plan. That helps us plan for 2021. But really, these two Sundays go together naturally anyways, because the kind of giving that really brings glory to God, it's not out of obligation, and it's not out of guilt. It's really out of gratitude. It's, it's really thanksgiving, right? That you're so thankful to all that God has given you that you, again, you want to give in reflection of all of God's goodness, and our scripture reading really is going to help us understand that. This is a scripture that's very often used on Stewardship Sunday. Actually, I've never preached on it because in my younger days, I always wanted to be edgy. So, oh, everyone preaches on that. I've got to preach about something else. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, no, the oldies are goodies. So <laughs> let's um, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 15. Now, just some context on this scripture. The apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. And he's writing to the church in Corinth about the contribution to the ministry that they had actually pledged. Now, the specific ministry that they had pledged to give to was that Paul was collecting for the saints, for the, the church in Jerusalem, because there was a tremendous famine there. And Paul says, all right, I'm going to go to all the churches that I've helped start throughout the Roman Empire. Oh, <laughs> So those of you who think there's some, uh, Connie was attacked with a Thanksgiving um, <laughs> piece of art. 
But so now we're thankful that Connie was not hurt. <laughs> so the Apostle Paul, I mean, he, he started churches throughout the Roman Empire. And he said, listen, your, your, your brothers and sisters in Judah, in Jerusalem, they're going through a tremendous famine. So I want to collect money so that I can give that to them because they're starving. And the church in Corinth actually pledged their support. And Paul, he sends Titus and a couple others ahead with actually this letter, the letter we call 2 Corinthians. This is a letter that Titus and those two guys, they go to the church in Corinth with. And earlier in the letter, Paul commends the Corinthians for their pledge because it inspired other churches. So Paul, as he's going and visiting other churches, he visited some churches in Macedonia. And he says, hey, the church in Corinth, they said that they're going to help with this ministry. So then the church in Macedonia says, well, let's sign us up too. And so in this section, Paul is encouraging them to follow through with their pledge by actually giving. And notice, Paul doesn't lay a guilt trip on them. Instead, he points them to the character and the work of God as a motivation to give generously and to give with thanksgiving. All right, let's look at this passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 15. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. All right, well, let's, I want to uh, point some of the concepts out in this passage that I think we need to keep in mind that it will help inform us for Stewardship Sunday and Thanksgiving Sunday. The first is verse 6. That is, the more you invest, the more you receive from your investment. So verse 6, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now this, this is farming terminology, right? Sowing and reaping, that talks about farming. Sowing is when you plant, right? It's when you cast seed. And Apostle Paul is saying, all right, if you just throw a couple of seeds out, what are you going to get? Well, just a couple of you know, little plants. But if you go and just cast seed all over that field, right, you're going to more likely get a bountiful harvest. If you don't like farming analogies, how about a financial one? The more you invest in something, the more you get out of it. So if you put aside $100 every month for retirement 
in 10 years, you'll have $12,000 plus interest. But if you invest, put aside $1,000 every month for 10 years, you'll have $120,000 plus interest. Now, if you're not interested in investment analogies, then um, sorry that they didn't hold your interest. Um, it hurts. It hurts. But see, the same thing applies in the spiritual realm in that we often don't think of this, but the, the more money, time, or volunteering we invest in God's kingdom, the greater the harvest for God's kingdom. So, for instance, offering one Thanksgiving meal blesses one family. Offering one shoebox blesses one family. But offering 30 meals blesses 30 families. Offering 327 shoeboxes blesses 327 families. But see, the thing is, is that they're, they're, that required a greater investment to begin with. Right? So that we, we had to have 327 um, worth of contents. Wait, someone, someone, I'm drawing a blank here. Things to put in 327 boxes, right? So we, we didn't have just enough to put in one box. We needed to have, at the beginning, stuff to put in, right, 327. So it takes more at the beginning than at the end. So it didn't just happen. It didn't just say, we didn't just fill one box and all of a sudden 327 happened. No, we had to put more in at the beginning. And that's what Jesus is saying here, is that that increased number of investment at the beginning brings back a greater return. So as you think about stewardship, as you think about you know maybe planning your financial pledge, think about that the more we put in, the more return. And, it, and it, when we're talking about God, then we're, the return isn't often physical things, but spiritual things. So that, uh, yes, 327 children will get um, a toothbrush, a bar of soap, uh, a, a toy in that. But as we prayed, also 327 children will get the good news of Jesus as well. And that supplies a, a transforming eternal harvest that you can't put a monetary value on. But the thing is, is if we invest more here, we see that spiritual return. And when you invest in the kingdom of God, there is an eternal benefit for many. And eternity is worth investing in. Right? It's investing a lot in. All right, number the second kind of thing we see from this uh, scripture is that God is not after your guilt. God is not after your money. He's after your heart. Right? Verse 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So, you know, God doesn't actually need us. He doesn't. I know for those of you who are codependent, that's hard to hear. But God does not need you. He does not need me. He doesn't. But he chooses to use us and our resources because he wants to include us in the blessing of changing the world. 
And if you understand the character and work of God, then you want to take part in what God is doing because it impacts eternity. And so, yeah, God is not after your guilt, and he's not after your money, he's not after your time. He's after your heart. And when your heart is transformed, that's when you become a cheerful giver. Part of it is, as Paul alludes to in verse 15, we understand God's gracious gift to us through Christ's atoning sacrifice. So we give out of thanks. We, we realize, wait a minute, God has given me eternity? That while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me? He gave his life for me? Then, then yeah, I can give to, uh, to increase God's kingdom because he gave everything for me. I can give this to him. So yeah, God doesn't want your guilt. He doesn't want your money. He wants your heart because he knows if he has your heart, then you'll naturally invest in the things God values. You'll naturally see being about God's kingdom as a gift and a blessing, not as an obligation. And so as you contemplate Christ's grace and what God has done for you, and you really get it, in other words, you really get God's grace, then you will cheerfully give it, right? You'll give God's grace. You'll, you'll give resources because you realize God has given you everything. And really, that's the third kind of point that we see from our uh, scripture, that we trust in God as the supplier of all our needs. And we can be generous with our things as the Lord leads, because God is able to make the grace abound to us for every good work. And what God calls us to do, whether that's to give of our time, our talent, our treasures, God supplies. So verse 8 says, God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. You see how many alls Paul is sort of putting on that one passage? Because he wants you to understand, he wants me to understand that God is sufficient for all things that he calls us to do. And we even miss one of the alls because in, in Greek, that word for every is the same word for all. So it's like, you know, all, all, every, every. So that we understand that all we need, God will supply. And that includes us as a church as well. So, you know, with this pandemic, not just Second Baptist Church, but every church that I'm familiar with is going through a hard financial time, right? So we're tens of thousands of dollars, uh, you know, behind in our budget. And we could focus on that, but no. And, you know, we could focus on the guilt and all that. No, we focus on God, that God is able to supply all we need, and he has, so that we're still able to advance our mission. We're still... Uh, Worshiping God and growing disciples and loving people. And again, this, uh, our Samaritan's Purse collection is a testament to that. Our Thanksgiving meals that we gave up, that's a testament to that. The fact that, that we're here and online and still worshiping God together, that's a testament to the fact that what God asks us to do, he will supply. And so that if we look at, oh, we're way behind budget and, oh, every church is going through these financial difficulties... We're not looking at the right thing. We need to look at God who will supply and has supplied all of our needs. And that's what, look at verse 10. Isn't this what the Apostle Paul is saying? He's saying, he who supplies seed to the sower 
and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us it will produce thanksgiving to God. See, God will, be, will enrich us in every way so we can be generous in every way. When we give generously, it's an act of faith. It is. That, that what, because whatever we give, we no longer can use. Right? Now, most of us don't give to that point, but those in Corinth did. They gave enough so that families in Jerusalem would be fed. But they were trusting that God had given them plenty for this time. Not just for themselves, but so that they could provide for others in that moment. And then they would trust it that God would provide for them in the future. Right? You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. So every time we give, whether, again, it's financially, our time, or our talents, we're expressing our faith that God is the ultimate provider. That I can give this because I know and connected with God and he will provide for me so I can give this away without fear. And that's what the people in, uh, in the Corinthian church were doing. He's multiplying resources to me, not just for me, but also for others. Now that being said, giving is not just meeting people's needs. When we give, it also glorifies God. And people give thanks that God has answered their prayers, and he's answered their prayers through you. Look at verse 12. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. So when we invest our time, our talents, our, our money into God's kingdom, it does have actual um, material effects, right? So we give to people, we, um, we supply food, all of that stuff. It does have physical effects, but it also has spiritual effects. It helps those in needs, but it also points people to God. And as people look to God and thank him for providing through his people, they start to touch the eternal. You see, the sharing of the gospel with generosity combines to glorify God and exhibit God's grace in his people. So look at verse 13. It says, By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. You see, when, when we're generous with people, and we, we give and meet physical needs as alongside the gospel. It confirms the truth of the gospel. In other words, it says, God, as you have given me so much, as you've saved me for eternity, I am now changed. My heart's been transformed. So now I have that generosity that reflects God. And, and so now I want to do that. So they go hand in hand and it causes people to glorify God. It opens up hearts and minds to the gospel. Because, again, it reflects God's generosity. It says, verse 14, While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Again, you're blessing people. And people see, wait, your heart's been transformed. 
You know, you, you used to be a cheapskate and you used to, you know, be a grumbler and all of this. But now you're, you're generous and you have a joy even when you go through difficulties. What is going on? God has transformed my heart. That's what we say. That I actually trust in God to supply my needs. So, yeah, I can be more free with my money, my time, my, my talents because I want to invest them in God's kingdom. Because I want to see that kingdom grow. Because it is more worthy. It is more worthy than my own kingdom. My time, my talents and treasures. It's, I want to invest these things more in God's kingdom than my kingdom. And that's why God has given us. That's why God provides for us. Yes, it's for our own needs. But it's also that we take that, what we're entrusted with, and we invest it in God's kingdom so that God's kingdom grows in us and through us. Last week, I talked about spiritual warfare and that connection between the heavenly realm and the earthly realm, and that as we go in this earthly realm and we, we meet physical needs and we give our physical time and talents and treasures, there is that intersects with the war that's going on in heaven in the spiritual realm to expand God's kingdom. And so, yes, it's prayer, but then there's also that physical aspect where we take of what's ourself, what we have in ourselves, and we invest that to extend God's kingdom. But our giving is a thanksgiving, right? We're so thankful for what God has done, so we give from a deep place of thanks for eternity. We give earthly things to produce an eternal harvest. All right, so Thanksgiving Sunday, Stewardship Sunday. Again, the concept is, yes, everything we have is a gift from God. And again, the, the, um, the art projects, even the one that fell on Connie, um, they're all a testament to, yeah, God has provided so much for me that everything I have is a gift from God. I don't own anything. Rather, God entrusts it to me, not just to provide for me, but also to extend his kingdom. And God's kingdom is worthy. God's kingdom is more worthy than my own. And that's why, you know, any sort of pledge that you might give financially or whatever, is it's truly a thanksgiving. And that's what it needs to be. And if your heart isn't in that place, right, if, if whether it's, you know, pledging your time or, or, or money or whatever, and you're like, yeah, I don't really want to do this, but I feel like I should then maybe put that pledge card, maybe put everything aside and instead just focus on who Christ is. Focus on what God has done in and through Christ and given to you. And when you truly get it, when you truly understand all that God is, when you truly understand his kingdom and, and what he's doing in this world, that's when your heart's transformed. You're like, no, I... I want to give to that. I want to return all that God has given me. I want to expand his kingdom more than my own. And then you give as Christ leads, and you do it cheerfully, and you, you do it understanding that, wow, God is including me in what he's doing in this world? Again, that's amazing because, again, God doesn't need you. He doesn't need me, but he wants us to have the joy of seeing people's eternities changed. He wants to give us the joy of providing for someone when they're at their lowest or when they didn't understand, where am I going to pay this next bill? And then you come along and, you know, anonymously or whatever, and, and, and you give them that, that money and stuff so that then their prayers are answered. There's a 
no greater joy than that. And God wants to use you for those things. And so respond to him today. And whether that's filling out a pledge card or, or it's sort of saying, all right, um, I'm really, some of you are unemployed. Some of the, this pandemic is hurting everyone. And so like, I financially, I don't really have anything to give. Well, then, then pray to God. All right, God, what can I do? How can I give of time? Because I don't have any money, but I have some time. Or I have got a talent. You might be thinking, oh, I don't have any talents. No, you do. You do. So an example, again, Operation Christmas Child. You might say, well, I don't have any talents. Well, if you were able to fill a box, you did something. You invested in God's kingdom. Some of you watching at home might be like, I, I can't even get out of the house because I'm of a high-risk group. As I talked about last week, you can pray. And we talked about the importance of prayer to truly bring us to where we need to be. So even if you're like, I can't even get out of my house, you can still be a prayer warrior. You can still beat down the, the gates of hell in Christ's name and expand uh, what our church is doing through prayer. And God is going to see that, and he is going to say, wow, you are a prayer warrior. You are expanding my kingdom. Yeah, you don't have any money to give, or, or yeah, you don't have uh, any, any kind of talent you can give because you're stuck at home. But you're doing what you can do. You're investing in the kingdom. And God is going to use that. Again, what we do is we invest, we give in response to God, and allow, leave the results up to him. Because he's the one who can change hearts. He's the one who, you know, a, a, a shoebox just by itself, yeah, it's, it's nice, right? It, it gives a kid some toys. It gives them a toothbrush and all of that stuff. But it takes God to take that investment of a shoebox to then transform a child's heart. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. But he, he chooses to include us. So that in, before the throne of God, we are going to meet people. Who, said, who we didn't even know, but they're going to say, I am before the throne of glory because of what you did, because of what you gave, because of the word that you said, because of the prayer that you prayed. Amen. And that is going to be such a glorious day. Not only will we be seeing God face to face, but again, we'll be seeing so many brothers and sisters that we didn't even know were our brothers and sisters in Christ. But again, it takes that investment. God chooses to call us to that investment. So yes, Stewardship Sunday, Thanksgiving Sunday, we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to give. And again, maybe you came here, maybe you're watching, and you're like, yeah, I don't, don't know what I can give. Well, then pray. Ask God to reveal to you what you can do, how you can do it, and then trust him with the results. Trust that whatever you give is going to extend his kingdom. And then we'll rejoice together. And next Thanksgiving, next Stewardship Sunday, we can look back and, at, at this one and say, wow, look what God did with you know, the money you gave, with the time you gave, with that talent or ability you gave. And like I said, and then in the heavenly kingdom, we're going to see truly all that he's done on the eternal realm. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we are so grateful for all that you give us. And we pause today, Lord, and we want to count our blessings. We confess so many times we don't see the good things you give us as from you. And we repent of that, Lord. 
Instead, open our eyes to see the abundance of goodness and grace and provision that you pour down upon us every day. Lord, the fact that we're here, we have food, shelter, warmth, friends, church family, we thank you for that. And Lord, I pray that your spirit would move into each one of our hearts. And Lord, would you show us how you want us to give? How you want us to give of, of our time, Lord, of, of the provisions you've given us. Show us, Lord, what, how much. Show us what. And whatever you reveal to us, Lord. We're grateful that you've included us in your work. Lord, we pray for our church. We pray that we would, as a church, be good stewards of what you've given us. And Lord, that we would be challenged to step out in faith even when our, our tithes and offerings aren't as much as they used to be, Lord. We know you can provide. So help us to step out in faith, knowing whatever you call us to, you'll provide. Help, do it, help us to do that as a church. Help us do that as individuals. And then, Lord, use all that you call us to do for your glory and for your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.